Welcome to Clearing the Queue with Alex and Matt. Here's how it works. Each episode starts with a friend of ours signing into their Netflix account. Together, we scroll through their queue. Ultimately, we find a movie that's been on there a little too long, and we watch it together. The best part is that every queue is unique, so it tells a story about the person. Here's a question. Are we going to record ourselves talking about the movie during the movie? No, 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 no. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's uh, Clearing the Queue. A Netflix podcast. <laughs> our guest this week is our good friend, Mikael. Welcome. Thank you. Another super fan. I'm a super fan of the show. Uh, that's a weird way to introduce somebody. No, that's true. Well, I know he likes. The... I'll say that that you've been very supportive since the beginning, and you were yeah. you were actually the first person to send me a text message after our yeah. first episode dropped, yeah. and you said like, "Good job, boys." Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. You guys have a good banter between you. Maybe the beard helps in that. <laughs> you know, I don't We've know. Never touch them together. No, let's not. Yeah, that's something I would pay money to see. Yeah. Really? How much yeah. money? Uh, After the pad, a few time, Bitcoin, <laughs> like about twenty Bitcoin. <laughs> so we've signed in uh, to your Netflix queue. Uh, I just want to give the audience a little sneak preview. There are one hundred and thirty-six titles in here. Holy so shit! Is that weird? Strap in. It's going to be a long episode. See, this is the thing. This is the interesting <laughs> thing about your queue on Netflix is that, man, this is going to be a weird analogy. The first thing that came to mind. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to use ride something it, else. Ride it. Ride it. <laughs> I'm going to go another direction, but. There are few things that you have that are totally private until someone sees it. Right. Right? Yeah. And you have no way to gauge what your version of that private you don't thing know, is. You don't know what other people's cues look like. Exactly. So you don't know whether You don't know the size of other people's cues because you've never seen someone else's cue. Totally. How did so, we get to 136? Is this like years and years of buildup? Prob- I mean, I've had it since 2008. Okay. How do you know that to the be, year? Do you I, not know when you guys started your Netflix? No, we try to, like, when we have couples, we ask them if it predated their relationship. <laughs> oh, that. because they share their account. Right. Yep. Do you share your account with Hannah? Uh, well, Hannah and I both share our account with a very generous friend of ours. Oh. <laughs> How about you? Do you share it with your wife? We separate profiles. We started, like, we've embraced yeah. the separate profile, but. Do you also separate your bank accounts? We are separate. We haven't merged. So you literally have not merged any aspect of your life other than your house. I watch Friends now. I didn't used to watch Friends. (laughs) Is that what we're talking about? Yep. How did this become about me? (laughs) This is the danger of having such a comfortable guest. Yeah. He can just spin it right around. I know. I'm sorry. Well, let me, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, go ahead. Is how many usually, like, what's the average would you say is like... Uh, I, I'm, I'll add in our um, our computer sound effect to make we it look, look like your I'm, cell phone because maybe sometimes people that have a lot of like update notifications and like do you clear your <laughs> inbox regularly? I do. It says a lot about people. I had just oh. had two. No, I just had two notifications. That I just clicked the X totally by. Um, yeah, you clean up habit. pretty well. Okay. Yeah, I'm very OCD. You keep a clean house. But look at this though. This apparently is weird too. I have a lot of folders. Do you not have a lot of folders? Oh, nested within. I do a lot of nesting. Yeah, I'm a nester. I don't have any folder. I have one folder. But you also don't have an iPhone. That's true. Yeah. Uh, You were about to go somewhere. No, you were going to ask a question. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, you were going to ask a question. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I was just going to guess. Like, I don't know, like 40 usually? 30, no 40, way. something like that? What? 40 seems right. Because if, yeah. like, you tend to watch most of them. Yeah. Portion. Of these 136, how many would you guess you've seen? Honestly, I would say probably about 30 to 40% of it mm-hmm. I've probably seen. But what you know about me, Matt, that Alex, you don't probably know, is that I'm the kind of person who is like an information glutton. And so I'll read a magazine, see a magazine article, be at a party, and someone will mention something to me. And literally in that moment, I'll pull out my phone and add that movie, documentary, whatever, to my queue. Uh, well, there's another thing about you that I, that I would love to get out in the open, which is that you see every single movie that comes out. Pretty much, yeah. I didn't and know that. if there's a movie that comes out and I am sort of on the fence about whether or not to see it, yeah. I, I text you and I don't say like, hey, have you seen? I just say, hey, how is blank? Because yeah. I know you've seen it within a week or two of it coming out. I'd say nine times out of ten, that's true. You see multiple movies a week. Yeah, in the like theater. about four to five. I'm the kind of person where I don't also don't watch it like a consumer i watch it like a technician in a certain way so i mean i'm just all over the map and trying to see everything really just to understand again out of my own paranoia that i don't know what everyone else knows that's what we were trying to get to the there's there (laughs) is some paranoia of some sort absolutely and I, i can admit that wholeheartedly is that you know in that cliche you know 10,000 hour Gladwin Gladwellian concept of how much time does it take to get really good at something I have no qualms at getting really good at this thing not knowing exactly how it's all going to really turn out like I may become a producer I may become a director I may only be a sound designer as I am now I may get back into acting who knows but I know I'm doing this for a reason I I, like this feels like my calling in a certain kind of way you know yeah well, since you've seen every movie, we can be sure that you've seen the 2001 classic American Beauty. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, yes. oh. <laughs> Great segue. Oh, it's my favorite part. The segues part. are getting so good, I don't yeah. even see them coming yeah. anymore. Oh my God, what that's, is that floating in the air? Well, that's the actual plastic bag from the movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is that acting that we've heard so much about. <laughs> acting surprised. So, this is a beautiful there bag. There are a bunch of little pieces of paper in there, and pull out one of them and... Uh, Read us what's on it. Okay. What's the best movie you've ever seen on a plane? Easy. 2001 Space Odyssey. Wow. You were ready on that. Yeah. No, I wasn't ready because that's a very random question. But undoubtedly, I was blown away by seeing that film. And where was I going? I was going somewhere far. I think it was when I was going to New York last year. And yeah, it was like a six-hour flight. Yeah. So like three two weeks ago, we almost watched that movie, or th- maybe three weeks ago, yep. and instead saw Galaxy Quest. Oh, yeah, sure. And I felt at the time that we made the right decision because we loved Galaxy Quest. But give us the pitch. What was great about the movie and what was great about seeing it on a plane? The small screen, the way it was intended. <laughs> yeah, I saw it on an iPad, and um, the guy who was... So I always sit on the window. Um, uh-huh. I'm 6'3". Um, and so, of course, I prefer a exit row, which I rarely get. But I can't sit on the aisle because my knees always get bumped by the people Oof. riding through. So, you know, I oftentimes get my flights booked because I never really travel for myself. It's always for work. And I always request the window seat. And I'm in the window seat. And the person who's on the aisle, after I watched the film, literally, like literally the film ended 
And he like reaches across a person in the middle and like taps me and is like, you just watched the best film in the history of man. <laughs> like it was the most epic because the film is epic and the ending is epic. Once you guys see it, it's incredible. Uh-huh. And then somebody like, you know, does that to you. It was, it was what made the film very memorable. Yeah. Not me, to derail, but this brings up the question I've always wondered is what is the etiquette with watching like movies with nudity or violence on a plane? On a plane? See, that's a good question. I think the etiquette goes that if it is... Like Game of Thrones is something that you'd see all the time. Or like Lars Van Trier's fucking Nymphomaniac. Like, you can't right. watch that on a plane. You, that you can't watch. No. But I mean, Game of Game Thrones of- is something that everybody watches, so... Yeah, and it's also typically just bare breasts, which I do agree is not for everyone. But I will say, unless you're watching it like on like some you know 17-inch MacBook Pro... You know, if it's on an iPad or iPhone, I think the person sitting to the left of you can just look away. But, you know, if it's on a laptop, I think it's, you know, you shouldn't watch something that's like overly So you don't feel like you have to turn to the person to the right of you and say, I'm about to watch a movie that has (laughs) bare breasts, (laughs) some full frontal nudity. I mean, if there's any... Are you comfortable with this? (laughs) If there's any like non-rated or like X-rated material, I think it's just off the table. Like you can't watch it on the plane unless it's on your iPhone. But if there is some bare breasts and stuff like that, and a person is under the age of 20, definitely. You got to say something. Interesting. 20 is the cutoff, huh? I think 20. Old enough to. Because <laughs> you just never know. To... It's like, you know, hey, but what do you say to them? No, I don't think That's I could what ever I'm do saying. it. No one's ever no, ta- like, thought I couldn't or do talked no, about this. I take we it need back. rules. I backtrack. No. I'm, I, 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 yeah. There is a social contract. We're acknowledging it, but we don't yeah. know what it is. <laughs> right. Exactly. And you can't watch porno. And then the other side of it is, what's the etiquette for when you're sitting there and the person next to you is watching something really graphic? <sighs> like something you, really hardcore. And like, yeah, so you sort of have to look a- away. Like, it feels like you should look away, but I don't know if that makes it worse. Yeah. Or you just be... lock eyes with them and just... <laughs> you just stare up. at them. Like, you just turn and just stare at them the whole time. You don't look at the screen. You just look at them. You or know? you do what the guy did to you is you wait till it's over and then you go, you just saw the greatest movie of all time. You just saw the greatest porno of all time. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's a great answer. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm at the point where I'm going to add 2001 A Space Odyssey to my queue. <clears throat> Alex is not going to, but I'm going to. I just know too much about what happens already. I felt the same way, and that's why I watched it on this flight, which I had nothing else to do. Um, <clears throat> because it was one of those, like, yeah, there's a big obelisk thing, and there's a monkey, and there's a great, oh, you know... Oh, hey, hey. Oh, shit, sorry. I don't know. I don't know You're right, you monkey. don't. I mean, I didn't tell you anything you don't know. It's just like one of those, like... You did? I didn't know there was a monkey. Hope that's not a big plot point. <laughs> it's not a plot point. Whether or not really. there's a monkey. It's not a plot point. But the whole there is first just... half of the movie is about, is there a monkey <laughs> or not? Like... Yeah. It's like, what is that creature behind the, the, the curtain? But, it, it, you know... It's good, and you, you should watch it. it. Yeah, it's the good, Rolodex, and you should part watch of the Rolodex. It. You got to have it. It's kind of like watching that yeah. documentary um, about Dune, the Jodorowsky Dune. We're back mm. to Dune. Dune. Ooh, guys, you don't know about this Jodorowsky? We know that Dune was about spices. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> There's a filmmaker, and I'm I'm sure I'm butchering his name, but his name is Alejandro Jodorowsky, I think. 
Um, and I'm, I'm not sure what his first name is, but it's Jodorowsky or something. And he's the one who was supposed to do Dune first. Not the one that David Lynch did. It's the same one. Okay. But mm. he was supposed to do it. And he has all this artwork that is literally where they got all of the alien movie production art from. Like when you watch the way he designed the film and there's all this artwork and character drawings and stuff like that. I mean, down to a T, like Fifth Element used costumes that were supposed to be in this okay. Dune like 20 years ago. You earlier. watch 2001 Space Out of I'll okay. watch Dune. Okay. But you have to watch the documentary first. First? I think so. Okay. I mean, wow. some people would say differently, but you yeah. have to watch this documentary. You're regardless. starting to tickle my, my fancy a little bit. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't take too long to figure out what you were going to say. Tickle my... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were like kind of searching for it. You were like... Ah. Um, yeah, great. <laughs> cool. All right. So let's get into the list. The first movie you have on here is called Gomorra. Mm. Yeah, I think it's Israeli or something. Yeah. I don't know where it's from, but the description is... The intertwining tales of a delivery boy, a tailor, a businessman, and two teenagers form the fabric of this gritty examination of the Neapolitan mob. Yeah. But look at the... But look at the... (laughs) The image is two uh, young white men in uh, tidy whities holding automatic weapons. Yeah, exactly. It's like violent, funny. It's it's, um, Guy Ritchie in a sense, hmm. you know. Um, but the cover art is really what got me. The look of it was like dudes in tidy whities yeah. just naked dudes with automatic big rifles. Big guns. Yeah. yeah, big guns. Like, how can it not You're be fascinating? Board. So yeah. this was just a, like, you saw it and you thought, that looks interesting. No, it was like a th- two or three years ago. What was it, 20, 2012? Eight. 2008? Mm-hmm. Wow. God, I'm such a hoarder. Um, I just remember going... Netflix was founded. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember like cats talking about it and it was all the cool cats that I, I admired. Okay. And mm. so the tastemakers, the tastemakers, when they, when the, when the mavens tell me what's supposed to be watched, I mm-hmm. watch it. Yeah. Gamora. I wonder if Sodom is mentioned. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, the next movie you have on here is the black power mixtape. Yeah. That's a documentary about the black power movement through the seventies. Um, yeah. How much do you know about it already? Nothing other than that it was really highly rated. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of documentaries on here. Yeah, because documentaries are the things that you forget to watch. Like, mm. documentaries are the things that you think of when you want to go watch something. But if it's on your list, you'll be like, oh, right, I need to watch this. Totally. You, know? you have another documentary on here called Mitt, and it looks like it's the story of Mitt Romney. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's a joke you can say. You can say anything you want as long as it's preceded by the words, not to get political. <laughs> so you can literally say anything you want, but just yeah, make yeah, sure you yeah. say that first. <clears throat> I don't, I don't, I don't know why that's political. on there. Yeah, not to get political, <laughs> but I don't know why that's on there. <laughs> I really don't know why that's on there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't Cross support it. Cross it off. Let's clean yeah, up this I mean, guy's can, room. We del- can we take it off? Or wow. Uh, I didn't know that was part of this game. Uh, <laughs> well, it's called Clearing the Queue. It is about clearing the queue. Yes, you should take it off. 135. Yeah. You know what? It's, uh, I, know, I, I think I know why it's on here. Why? Uh, it's a Netflix original. And you seem like a kind of guy that is, knows yeah. that Netflix has been killing it lately. They have. And especially that, with documentaries. Them a okay. little. Yeah. The Square was ridiculous. And I heard he came off really well in that, so maybe... Yeah, I, d- I just heard good things about it. I don't know why I have yeah. it in there. 
But I just love how it's like in some way implicating me that I didn't vote for Obama in 2000. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 2012, I didn't vote for him or something. Uh, all right, cool. The Q is a place where you get to explore your wildest fantasies and your dreams. <laughs> Uh, yeah, why this fantasy is. Yeah, I am up. curious. Like, what is on there that I like? Yeah, this is really keep fascinating. Going. Keep well, dig deep cuts. Only the deep cuts. Only the deep cuts. Yeah. All right. What is Charlie Countryman? Can I see the cover? Throw in one hit for me, like I make on. Yeah, all you can't mixes. really turn it, can you? Uh, no idea what that is. A young American falls hard for a Romanian cellist whose father has recently died, and whose violent Jeez. past could bring about his own demise. Again, this is starring Shia LaBeouf. What? This is worse than Mitt Romney. <laughs> is that even my cue? <laughs> what? Again, implicating me. Wow. I have no idea what that is. All right. Well, I'm going to throw in a hit for Alex. Okay. okay. Next movie you have on here is There Will Be Blood. Yes. Which I've Alex seen has it. never seen. Mm. You've never but seen it? But I've recently really discovered how good an underrated Paul Dano is. I'm going to... I'm going to... List a bunch of hits until we find one of these that you haven't seen. Okay. So I'll just try a couple. Have you seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Many times. Have you seen Black Hawk Down? Yes. Have you seen Trainspotting? Many times. Have you seen Braveheart? No. Me neither. No. Me neither. What? I <laughs> queued it up to watch on Sunday because it's my biggest offender. And then I watched the... I, I don't stopped know it. if I've seen it because Wait, there's something stopped? in the back of my mind. I stopped it. I didn't finish it. It's you started it? I wanted to put it on the list, but it's something in the back of my head that's telling me that I might have seen it. Okay. One best picture. Alex, Alex how, picture? how far into it did you make it on Sunday? Eight seconds. Oh, I see. And I'm like, I'm not ready for this because I saw the wow. runtime on it. The runtime's two hours and like 48 minutes. That's, All right. That's a commitment. Well. Yeah. But you've never seen it. I've never. It's worthwhile to put on the list for sure. Yeah. Have you seen The Princess Bride? Yes, like have, twice. Have you seen Full Metal Jacket? Yes, multiple times. All right, Classic. Good. So the ones on here that I assume are the ones you've seen are the ones you've seen. Because I'm in order. They don't like, have a problem. Well, we and I think we talked about this. Or I think that we talked about this once, which is like, for me, I like keeping my queue very, very small because it stresses me out. Yeah. But it doesn't cost more to have a bigger queue. Right. So might as well just throw stuff in there. Yeah. But see, the, the problem is becomes the paradox of choice concept, where then it becomes overwhelming, which it actually is for me, mm. and I actually right. don't watch any of the movies. If you could nest, I just watch TV if you could shows. nest these movies, like you nest your phone, maybe <laughs> then maybe then we'd be onto something. You need to if be there able to were folders. Yeah, Netflix. If you're listening, okay, we'll add that to the list. Yeah. Well, is that a list of things that you send to Netflix? That's great. Like we've never with, sent officially anything to you guys them. Should absolutely have. But we have ideas. A, we do have a three. We this is a new segment of this show is things that you would change like re requests to send to yeah. netflix and a request to send to netflix is being able to create folders in your list folders i love it i mean that's really good easy if they can do accounts they can do folders you know what if they can do anything they can do folders totally you know it's, they're just being lazy so if they had folders yeah which folder would you make that you would be least likely to actually watch from miscellaneous <laughs> <laughs> You're right, because that's of a hoarder's stuff. The hoarder. The hoarder makes miscellaneous folders. That's what the hoarder does. The hoarder makes miscellaneous folders that they never touch uh, again. What was the that's reality great. show? It was just called Hoarders, hoarders. right? Yeah. 
That would have been such a sly, like a sly trick. Yeah. Like, all right, we're just gonna categorize everything and just. <laughs> You've got a movie on here that I definitely don't want to see. What's that? Twenty uh, Fourteen's The Babadook or Babadook? Yeah, the the Russian horror film. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of new school, I've heard that it's like one of the best. Like, yeah, I mean, but have you guys seen Cabin in the Woods? I fucking love Cabin in the Woods. You think he loves Cabin in the Woods? <laughs> Imagine how I feel. Uh, yeah, no, it's just the way they, you know, undercut all of the, you know, the tropes and the cliches. It was just really, you know, amazing. Can we write the Babadook down? Uh, mm, no, I don't no, want to see that. he doesn't want to see that. Um, but something I am curious about is 2008's Bronson. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy at his best. It's when he's like ruthless and crazy. I don't want to see Tom Hardy in a suit. What is? Wait, is this the one where he's like an MMA fighter or? He's like jacked with a mustache from freaking. So it says uh, this biopic. Mm-hmm. Ooh, biopic delves into the life of Britain's most notorious prisoner, Charles Bronson, who became a celebrity of sorts for his deranged savagery. Yeah, you want to see Tom Hardy deranged? I do. He's I already so like biopics. Oh, really? Why? Uh, hard to say, but. Um, why don't I like biopics? You don't like biopics because you feel like you. I feel know, like I know the story. You in know this case, I don't know the story. And that was your. That's your loophole. You'll yeah. see a, a biopic that you don't. If you I don't would know be the curious person. about seeing this for sure. I don't want to see like straight out of Compton because mm-hmm. I know the characters. I know what happened. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go listen to their music or watch some like you know like music Ken videos Burns of theirs. version. Yeah, like a I Ken Burns so. like actual documentary about totally. it. Yeah, that's probably more. interesting. I think also me. for myself, I always will sometimes dislike him because I feel like an actor can be trapped in trying to recreate something, mm. you know? And I'm like thinking on behalf of the actor. That's what I felt about the Beach Boys film, whatever that was called. Love and Mercy. Thank you. That movie, I felt like, oh, wow, like they really let go of what those people were to tell the story, mm. you know? But uh, I don't know anything about Bronson. I don't know anything about the film. I didn't see a trailer for it or anything. So <clears throat> that's rare for me. I prefer my Tom Hardy Smooth and debonair. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> There's a movie on here that I'm curious about because it doesn't scream Mika. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Room with a View. Is it um, the Hitchcock? What is that? A Room with a View. A Room with a View is 1986. In this adaptation of E.M. Forster's novel, Lucy travels to Florence with her chaperone in tow. There she falls for a fellow countryman's moody son. It looks like Sense and Sensibility or like... I'm sure there's probably a really great performance in there, yeah. and I was told to watch it. Okay. It's a 20th yeah. century period piece. Yeah. Uh, not not my thing. Yeah. Really. Is there anything else? Because we've gone through a lot now. Yeah. But this this feels like a lot. You want um, the recap? I got, we got yeah. Gamora. We have a documentary called Black Power Mixtape. We have Charlie Countryman, which is Ch- uh, Shia LaBeouf vehicle <laughs> that you're embarrassed about. <laughs> We have a crossed-off mitt. We have Braveheart, the classic. Uh, Bronson. Mm-hmm. Tom Hardy is a badass. And then the 20th century period piece, A Room with a View. It would be amazing if we did sit back and watch A Room with a View. Um, I, my top three, and I'm curious what you guys are leaning towards, but my top three are Braveheart, Gamora, and Bronson. Okay. Those are my top three. Mm-hmm. Interesting. This is where you're at your best, whittling it down. Okay. Go do your thing. <laughs> well, none of us have seen any of these three. 
Would any of these fall into the miscellaneous category that we could immediately <laughs> just wipe away? Gamora feels the most miscellaneous. Yeah, definitely. Braveheart is the classic that I've had to fake my way through, mm-hmm. and you both have as well. Mm-hmm. And Bronson is like probably the one we would enjoy the most, maybe. Do you want to do you want to see what Rotten Tomatoes says about these three? Yeah, Alex is yeah, a big Rotten let's... Tomatoes guy. Let's just, you know, what is it like to be a millionaire or whatever? Like, let's see what the uh, the audience Ask says. Ask the audience. Ask the audience. Okay, so we're going to go in, let, in, let's go in chronological order. So Braveheart, 1995's Braveheart, has a 78% on the tomatometer. <laughs> Never said it right. <laughs> Wait, which, which one? The, is that the critics or the audience? Can uh, you give us both? Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, that's the critics. And the audience score is 85%. So there, I, I want to keep track of the difference between what the critics are saying and what okay, the audience are saying. Which actually, I have a whole theory around that, but I'll talk about that later. We've got a, we did a, I would love to hear your theory about the difference between those yeah, two numbers. I, I have like go a few for things. It. Should I talk about it now? Let's yeah. go through all three of them. And talk then, about it now, okay, and then we can, use it. we can use right, it as we move forward. So oftentimes, if you see something that has an incredibly low score by the critics and a very high score by the audience is clearly a cult movie right. it's not for critics it's for mm-hmm. so tyler perry falls in that oftentimes Shaun of the dead type of movies fall mm-hmm. into that category we, we did the similar thing and we just are like goofy comedies goofy always comedies yeah. exactly where it's like the critics are just like i don't get it because nine yeah. times out of ten they're adults right. who are above the age of 40 generally yep. speaking yep. and it's just not for them so that's one thing. The second thing is when it's um, uh, like a certain star power movie and the critics love the star in the movie. And I'm trying to think of the last mm. time I saw this, but it's like getting panned by the audience, like by the people. Mm-hmm. That's when you know that it's something where the studios really tried to help make it something that the critics mm. would love. So they get picked up in a limo. They get taken to a private screening room. There's caviar, there's shrimp, steak, mm-hmm. it was champagne. It Denzel Washington, Chris Pine movie about a train yeah, that somewhere. got like a 98% exactly. out of nowhere. <laughs> and then what was the audience? I'm very curious. Maybe we can pull that up later. But the audience was probably like 58%. You know what I mean? And it's because, yeah, it's a star power movie. And they hope that the Hollywood machine still thinks that if you tell us it's good, we're just going to go see it it's not true anymore like we talk amongst ourselves you know and so um there's that theory and then the third one is when um uh it's a match and those are zeitgeist movies and that is star wars the last one Mm. those are lightning in a bottle toy story 3 toy story 3 Mm -hmm. finding dory where everything everything just I love it. I wish the audience, the listeners, could see those hand motions. I just love mentioning the zeitgeist. Yeah. The more we can mention zeitgeist without having to involve the Smashing Pumpkins is just great. Um, all right. That was fascinating and phenomenal. Let's and go let's with see, the next two. Let's see what that means for the next two. The next one, chronologically, is 2008's Gomorrah. Yeah. And 92% on the tomatometer. Mm-hmm. But only 70% on the audience score. That's a pretty big spread. That's that a 22% a spread. spread. And then finally, 2009's Bronson. This is the Star Wars 
not quite. <laughs> not that they're both good, but that they're very similar. Uh, 76% critic, 74% audience. So pretty in line. I kind of want to go with the one that is equal. Let's watch Bronson. Charles Bronson. Our first biopic. Mm. That's a sell. It's the shortest of the three. That's a sell. Oh, and it's great. your favorite Tom Hardy. I, in, his, in his best form. Alex prefers him debonair. I'm going to make an admission right now. I don't know what debonair means. That's one of those words that you see and you're like, in context, you always kind of make sense of it. Wow. But I don't think I could give you a dictionary definition of debonair. Wow. That I mean, is fascinating. But when I, I'm fascinated only because now I'm questioning my sense of what that <laughs> word means. Do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. look up the Denzel Washington movie. I did. Well, yeah. It's uh, 2010's Unstoppable. Unstoppable. It's got an 87% on the tomatometer and 72% audience. That's so not, a 15% spread. That's not that big. It's okay. not as big as I thought. And I think also some of those are also based on like foreign language films where like mm. people just don't go to see them. So there's only like 10 people who are rating it. So of course it's going to be all right. out of whack, you know? <clears throat> Clearly I look at Rotten Tomatoes way too much, but... I have a lot of theories about this stuff. Alex is a Rotten Tomatoes guy. I'm glad to hear that, yeah. Yeah? I'm glad to hear you like it. Because you, you're right. We can sort of calib- calibrate the numbers and make sense of it. And yeah. More information is better than... I'm always that way. Always. More You said that. That's how you started this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just an information, you know, glutton. I just love learning, you know? I love that. I love that you love learning. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I went to dictionary.com because I felt like you guys were stalling to see what debonair <laughs> meant. And it's an adjective, mm-hmm. which I also actually, I kind of assumed that it was a noun like millionaire. It's an adjective and it means courteous, gracious, and having a sophisticated charm. Yeah, sophisticated I would. Sophisticated charm. That's yeah. my Tom Hardy. Not yours. Not mine. my Tom Hardy. No. Well, we're about to see a very different Tom Hardy. No sophistication. <laughs> Maybe some charm. A lot of violence. A lot we're of charisma. Go see him play Charles Bronson. Audience is going to get to hear the trailer, and then we'll be back to talk about it. My name's Charles Brunson. There's nothing wonky about my upbringing. Like most kids, I got into trouble. But it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, bad. And all my life, I've wanted to be famous. This is the post office I did over. This is what I got away with. This is what they gave me. Seven years! Don't worry, son. You'll be out in four. I still have my principles. I am Charlie Brunson. I am Britain's most violent prisoner. Prison was... Brilliant! I loved it! It was exciting on the edge. It was madness at its very best. You're ridiculous. It's very exciting to meet you. You're quite a celebrity on the inside. (laughs) You're very muscly, aren't you? Oh, my God. It's huge. They don't understand. They'll never understand. You're no more mad than I am. And that scares them.
You're a brilliant artist. You're a star. I swear it! What do you want? What have you got? I want to make a name for myself. Yeah, doing what? Don't tie that up in a nice little pink bow. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. He's had enough. Get him out of here. Come on. Let's uh let's do the quick recap that we like to do so we can refer Sure. To this one will be real quick. It's about Michael Peterson, played by Tom Hardy. He's super fucking violent. He goes to jail, he beats up a lot of people, he changes his name to Charles Bronson, beats up more people, stays in jail. Movie ends. And then you got to comment on like the style. It's sort of told he fourth wall, but not quite. He's addressing the camera the entire time. Um, we have a we have like a running joke. It's the um, I wrote it down. We call it it's the Louis Ander the Louis Anderson Memorial Award for. When oh you, right! When right. you see the credits, you yeah. shout out something. And this was a first. Yeah, a director, no name director. Well, not a no name director, a very well known director that we had never heard of that excited you. Yeah. So yeah, when the movie came on and it showed the director's name, Miko went. Nicholas Winding Refn, mm-hmm. <laughs> with the same zest that I because had I was first off shocked that he was making movies when this came out. Mm. It feels older than it probably actually is. Yeah. Um, Two thousand eight. And B, I yeah, I just had no idea he made this um, film. Listeners will know him from the movie Drive. Yeah, he directed yeah. Drive. It's the first movie in my lifetime that I went to the movies. I think saw it three times in the movie theater. Is it your top Gosling movie? Yeah, I mean Gosling. Yeah, it's my it's the best Gosling movie he's ever made. Definitely, definitely. Do you um, like your Gosling debonair, or do you like him <laughs> quiet and steely and, and drive? Um, the Bronze. Let's just this Bronson movie. I mean, I hated that movie. Yeah, that was one of the worst things I've seen. In it. But this is the thing. This is the thing. And I was talking to someone else about this recently. <laughs> Is that certain movies need the correct framework to work? Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you see The Tree of Life, one of Terrence Malick's seminal works, and watch it as a narrative film, you're going to be immensely disappointed by that mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. It's not a narrative film, it's an art film. Yep. If you watch this again, like a narrative film, you're going to be immensely disappointed because it is not a narrative film. It like some of the most basic save the cat. I mean, storytelling basics. Yeah. It does not do like, no, I have no idea what this guy wants. No, nope. I have no idea what he's willing to do to get what he wants. I have no idea who is working against him. You know, like what he's, is he having to push through? Yep. Like none of them. I mean, the most yeah. mundane, basic See, things. I, was, I agree with that you. I was like, but even then the first act where they set up the whole, his dual personalities and he's acting yeah. out both like all these different halves and it keeps coming back to him addressing the camera and yeah. his audience and yeah. is the audience in his mind or they've went even went away from that for the whole second and third act. Right. So then it, it sort of suffered the same stuff that the hustler had, which is all of a sudden the movie, the first 20 minutes you're like, I can work with this. I can, right. I can work with it. And then it just, what something happens and it gets away when you, the biggest takeaway is how good Hardy was in this. And like just 
he was relatively. Think he was you didn't good. think he was good. No, I just felt like he was overacting the entire time. Do you think there's? It's a coincidence though that this comes out and then he's basically in the public eye. I'm sure there were a lot of people who were like, "Oh my God, who is this Tom Hardy? He's amazing. He's so gutsy. He's so ballsy." No pun intended, or I guess pun intended. Yeah, and a lot of lot of full frontal male. <laughs> there was a lot of full frontal. Yep. And so I'm sure it was a you know a big deal at the time. You know that this art house weird intense gritty movie. But I mean, I literally was fighting sleep watching this. Yeah, um, they said uh, yeah. in some of the write ups, they said that it, it toes the line between comedy and horror. And there was nothing false. funny. There about was nothing that. funny. <laughs> no. It was nothing. It was like trying. Like, Hard. It was trying so hard yeah. to be funny. I, uh, well, I had some fun with it because the main character had a shaved head and a fun mustache. Mm-hmm. So I came up with a definitive list of the top five uh, bald heads and the top five uh, mustaches in films of all time, according Carry to on. me. You want to hear them? Please. What do you want to hear first, bald heads or mustaches? Uh, mustaches. Okay. Mustaches. Uh, honorary mention is going to be Burt Reynolds. I don't think I've ever seen him in a movie, but I know he's got a good mustache. He does. <laughs> so he belongs on the list. Yeah. Number five, uh, Peter Sellers in the Pink Panther series. Well yeah. Number four, Borat. Number yeah. three, uh, Charlie Chaplin in The Great Dictator. It's sort of the Hitler stash. Hitler Absolutely. Stash, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's kind of a technicality. No, valid, valid. Uh, number two, Sam Elliott in The Big Lebowski as the Sam, narrator. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gray mustache. And then constantly has a great mustache. I, he in everything. I mean, everything. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I could, I mean, it could be him in like Ford ads where he's just doing voiceover yeah. and you can hear how good his he mustache is. He can do that is. McConaughey thing with Lincoln, you know, yeah. where he's just sitting in a car just talking. Yep. Yeah. And then number one, uh, Ron Burgundy. Okay. Good mustache. Anchorman. Yeah. That's that's my favorite mustache. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bald Heads. Uh, number five is a tie between Demi Moore in G.I. Jane and Polly Shore in, in the Army Now. Oh, wow. Because they both had such long hair mm-hmm. in the early 90s, and then they both shaved their heads to do these like army movies. Yeah. Wow. So that's a tie. Okay. Number four, Dan Aykroyd in Coneheads. Okay. Just for mm-hmm. the, sh- the shape of it. Sure. Number three, Samuel L. Jackson. You could go a bunch of different ways. I'm just going to go him as Nick Fury all across the Marvel Universe. Marvel Universe, okay. Uh, Number two, Robin Tunney in Empire Records. She famously shaves her head early on on screen in that movie in a pretty emotional scene. And then number one, Bruce Willis. Again, kind of in everything, but we'll go with Pulp Fiction just because... Surprising? uh, What's the word? Um... When you don't have something listed, um, omission. Su- yeah, surprising omission one. is Natalie Portman. I've got her right here, crossed out. She was number six. She's she was in like v at the Vendetta. height of her like Natalie Portman shipness when she shaved her head on screen. Agreed. I think she's. I think you need to replace Dan Aykroyd with Natalie Portman. That's fair. Because Dan Aykroyd, like, that's a prosthetic. Like, it's not even really (laughs) his cliche. I don't want to gloss over that Bruce Willis, for my money, pulled off receding hairline better than anyone. Oh, yeah. So to (laughs) just go bald really, I feel like, is an insulting to how well he pulled off receding hairline. Don't you think that Bruce Willis is, for bald heads, for white males, what Michael Jordan is for black males? Like, bald heads? He makes it look cool. I mean, who before Bruce Willis was rocking a white guy rocking a bald head 
as like yeah, the, most like, guys were holding on to the Costanza. They yeah. were trying to, they were holding on yeah. to the patch and then yeah. the thing. Like Bruce Willis was the first to be like, yo. Yeah, and also because he he became famous with hair, he, right. he didn't like become famous later in life already right. as bald. What was the the, the TV show? Uh, Moonlighting. Moon, I always want to call it Honeymooners, but Me I too. knew that was wrong. A, as yeah. I was looking at you, I was thinking, is it which one is it? I, I looked. I was watching. I saw Elton John the other day, and how a whole generation probably forgot that he lost his hair, and has hair now. I, and then he could. What you thought? He Elton was, John lost his hair. I yeah. don't remember that. I don't I mean, remember that either. In the seventies, he was totally losing his hair. Huh? I believe you, but why? I it's don't been purged. That. I mean, from people's memories. Yeah. Oh, why am I bringing it up? Which is that, like, uh, if the Bruce Willis thing came sooner, yeah. he could have. But he stuck like, with it. He could have stuck with it. He could have stuck with it. Yeah. But like he reversed it. And, huh. The other famous bald head is. Uh, oh no, oh, man! His name was right of my tongue. Um, David Letterman's music guy. Oh yeah, Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer. Oh, yeah. Paul Schaefer pulls it off. Great bald head. Great bald head. Yeah. Very well shaped head, and you don't judge him for it. You're just like, oh, no. that guy's got a bald head. Nails yeah. it. Nails it. Bruce Willis and Paul Schaefer. Well done. By the way, with your mustache thing, apparently, so Hardy did the whole thing where he talks to the guy, records his conversations to the actual, the actual know, guy, and the guy is so convinced by how he like transforms his body to look mm. like him that he actually shaves his mustache. And they use it as a wig prop, mustache prop. That was his actual Stop mustache? It. That was his actual mustache. Stop it. I don't care. There's nothing <laughs> about that. Like, now I like the film even less. It's like, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen Tom Hardy's MySpace profile? No. Tell me more. I wish I had pulled this up before we started recording. Because famously, Tom Hardy was like big into myspace early on before he was famous here are some pictures and we can post these oh wow uh (laughs) from tom hardy's old uh myspace profile wow can you guys describe i mean it's it's like uh college selfies yeah but it's like but there's definitely more than just college selfies like there's definitely a a strong sexual yeah like like, you vibe to it before you realize that like it's like when you when we all like first got facebook and you're posting pictures of fellow drinking at college parties yeah and then realize that like future employees could employers could (laughs) see them yeah before everyone realized that that was yeah i don't know he's just like in his underwear giving smirks to the camera yeah anyways i thought about those we need to clean the palette with some debonair tom hardy I mean, but that was I, that, that was the interesting thing is I, he was in a suit a lot. I thought you would be happy with the debonair. He looked great in it. <laughs> yeah, he I mean, there was like well fitted suits, man. I was yeah. looking through his IMDb. He's only done debonair. He's done debonair less than we thought. He did, he did Inception, and he did uh, this mo- like romantic comedy where he plays a spy with another spy. I think it's Chris <laughs> right. Pine or something like that. Right? He's the yeah. other spy? Yeah. They they play. Uh, yeah, I saw this that. means war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's another one where he does play twins, nerdy like twin gangster. Yeah, brothers the gangster kind of. brothers. He yeah. plays twins. Yeah. yeah. How do they do that? Movie magic. Practical. Is effects. it practical effects? <laughs> movie magic. Is there anyone you know that would like this movie? Off the top of your heads? <sighs> yes. <laughs> yes. There's one person that I won't say their name because of how much <laughs> I've banned it. Where they like things that are challenging. In a way that certain people like disgusting food because it's disgusting, mm. you know. Like they like like certain types of cheeses that no one else likes 
but that's part of the reason why they like it. You right. know? It's like it tastes like actual like shit. <laughs> but they're like, oh, I love it. There was a character in this who just Dude. about ate. I'm not Actual. even joking. I was in the middle of my pad thai, <laughs> about to take a nice, a nice, well balanced bite of noodle and chicken with sriracha. I was just thinking, don't and do it. Don't. Do I just it. kept don't shaking my head, like, please don't eat it. That was the. That would have been the thing to take it over the yeah, edge same, if he actually ate it. Yeah, like wiping it. it on it. Well, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Yeah. What we can spoil this movie? Are you kidding? Nothing happens. <laughs> no one's gonna watch it. All right. Well, I think we should rate this mu- movie. You're going to. Tell Netflix what you thought of this movie. One, two, three, four, or five stars. And that way, Netflix will give you future suggestions that hopefully are tailored to your liking. Alex and I are going to rate it just for fun, just for the sake of the show. I'm going to rate this a one star. I'm also going to go one star. One star. One star. (laughs) Unanimous. Wow. That's the least I've ever given anything before, actually. On Netflix. And it was almost me. I almost probably gave it higher than you. If you had said like you were not interested, I would have given you the first me rating. Yeah. Alex and I realized in between episodes that he's never rated a movie higher than me since we've started doing the show. And this could have been the first time. Yeah, you could have given it a two. But I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give this a zero. It was a movie. A bunch of people made it. Mm. Yeah. It had super cool music in it. Yes, yes. Um, it had its moments. It had the outro music. song from Drive, basically. And just shots and stuff like that. Like, there was yeah. stuff. Yeah. It was just poorly put together. Yeah, and the next you time know? you're with some ladies and they're complaining about how women get objectified, you just say, Tom Hardy showed his penis for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Easily. Collectively, movie. it was about 15, 20 minutes. It was of, yeah. the most yeah. time I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, we have one last thing to do, which is uh, we want to ask our listeners, if they've been enjoying us, to go onto iTunes. You can do it. And uh, you can review us. You can rate our show. Oh, wow. I hope you don't give it one star like we gave this. I hope you give it five, maybe. But I would show some <laughs> penis if maybe. Alex will do it. I'll put it on my MySpace page. <laughs> if... You- <laughs> So thank you. Yeah, we reviews would help us because if you review it, then other people are going to think our show's good, and they'll listen. And more than anything, we've got great news for you. Uh oh, because you are now one step closer to clearing the queue. You're down to one thirty four now. <laughs> that was clearing the queue. If you have heard anything you like or know that we were just dead wrong about, you can email us at uh, clearingthequeue at gmail.com. Q is spelled Q-U-E-U-E. That's a tough one. And if your thoughts are funny, we'll read it on air. Follow us on Twitter at CTQ Podcast, Instagram at clearingthequeue, facebook.com slash clearingthequeue. Subscribe on iTunes? Yeah, subscribe on iTunes. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. <laughs> <laughs>